In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Service Podcast. We are gathered in the name of Jesus, the name above all names, and we know that when two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, that he is with us. But we also know that because of Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, that Jesus is always present with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, as you listen to this podcast, we pray that the Spirit of Christ would be with you, that the love of your brothers and sisters in Christ, who are also listening to this podcast, would be known to you, uh, and that you would know the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Due to the awful virus that is ravaging our country, we have suspended in-person worship services for the month of June. And so this is how we are worshiping. And if you are listening to this, you clearly are able to receive the podcast well. But if you know somebody within our church, or if you uh, have trouble sometimes listening to the podcast, we are working on making our podcasts available uh, via compact disc. Uh, if anybody still has a CD player, I hope some people still do. <laughs> um, at least we're not doing it on cassette tape. Um, but if you know somebody who is having difficulty listening to the podcast, please contact the church uh, via email at baptist.church at comcast.net. Again, that is baptist.church at comcast.net. And we will be happy to get CDs out to you uh, when those become available. We don't want anybody to be excluded because of technology, uh, so we are working on solutions around that. This week, uh, we will have a special edition of the podcast coming out. It is going to be a prayer for our country. Usually we do that after the second Sunday of the month, but given that Independence Day is July 4th, which is this coming Saturday, we thought it would be appropriate to come out with a uh, special prayer for our country a week early uh, in honor of, of that uh, special day. So keep an eye on that. It will be out later this week, uh, either Thursday or Friday, the second or third of July. We are thankful that you are listening. We are grateful to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for gathering us all together. And even though we are not together physically, we know that we are together through the power of the Holy Spirit.
Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Father, we come before you to lift you up, you who are holy, you who are sovereign. And Lord, I pray today that our worship be from the heart, because you are eagerly waiting for us to worship you and to bring glory to your name. You have said in your word that it is like a pleasing aroma to you. And so I hope that our hearts are opened and that our worship is sincere. Lord, I pray for those in our congregation who are not feeling well. I ask that you be with them. You make your presence known to them. And they can feel you. And they can know that you are with them in the trials that they are going through. I pray for those who are in chemotherapy, and I ask that you be with them as they go through this most difficult time. I pray for those who are, have lost their job, and they don't know how they're going to make ends meet. And I ask that they put their trust in you, Lord, 
and you will make a way for them because you already have a plan in place for them. Be with those who have had trouble with relationships, Lord. And now as maybe possible build and now is it is possible that it might be time where they can um, contact with that person and they can try to do what they can to establish a strong relationship. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for where it's located in this neighborhood. And Lord, I pray for this neighborhood. There are many problems in this neighborhood. And I pray for the people that live in this neighborhood. And I pray that they would be seeking you, Lord, as they deal with their problems. I pray for our HOPE program and the opportunity to help people to eat. And I'm glad that we're still able to do that during this time of, of, of uh, social distancing and uh, being quarantined. Lord, I pray for um, our, uh, I pray for our church members, Lord, and I ask that we still reach out to those who need a word of encouragement. And I thank you for the ones that have already done that, the ones who have sent out possibly a scripture verse, some word of encouragement to let us know that we are still a family, even though we're not meeting in this, uh, in this building at this time. And Lord, I know there's much strife in our country, but Lord, I see an opportunity for us as Christians to try to step into the gap, show compassion to those who have been unjustly done to. And Lord, I ask that we uh, just realize that we are all made in your image. And help us to be a, a steadying force during this time. Help us to find the middle ground. Help us to be leaders in this, um, this time, difficult time in our country. Lord, I'm struggling this morning with this prayer because it's heavy on my heart to see what's going on in our land. Another violent attack last night in the city in which we are close to. And Lord, I just ask that you be with those people. and There be an awakening in this country and that we need to turn to you. We need to open our hearts. We need to embrace you. And Lord, now as we do this podcast, I ask that you be with our pastor as he brings the message. Give it words that we need to hear. Help us to open our ears and our hearts as we receive these words. And I hope as this podcast goes out over the electronic airways, that everyone who hears this broadcast will be blessed by it. And with this, Lord, I lift up all the prayer requests to you. In your precious name I pray, amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 
A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being, to those who were being saved. I want you to think for a minute about the last puppet show you saw. And some of you might not want to think about the last puppet show you saw, because I know there, there are people who have aversions to puppets. Um, but there's all, there's all different kinds of puppets. There's, uh, there are the, the marionette type of puppets, and there's uh, the type of puppets that try to look like human beings and uh, just fall very short. Um, there are Muppets. Uh, I have long been a fan of the Muppet Show, and that is a completely different type of puppet. Uh, and you know, Sesame Street and, um, and all of that, those are all puppets. And ventriloquists uh, still are somewhat popular, I think. And so when you look at a puppet, you don't get the idea that the puppet is acting under its own volition. There's nothing that makes us think for even a split second that this puppet is acting on its own. Even the most realistic of puppets, we still know that there's something that is bringing this to life. And you could say the same thing for animated movies. Um, you know, computer generation uh, generated graphic has, have gotten so good that it's getting harder and harder to tell uh, when, when people are animated um, or when characters are, are, used, are portrayed by actual actors. But we know that when something is a puppet or when something is very clearly animated, we know that it is created and controlled by a person. We've been traveling through, for the past five weeks, the story of Pentecost. The story of the time when God's promise to, for his spirit to be poured out on his people would finally come to fruition by the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit powerfully fills uh, the believer's and God himself has now brought the church together and now fills the church. This morning, we are looking at that final passage in Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 through 47 that Katie read. And what we're seeing is not a group of people who have all had this this fundamentally different internal personal experience. We're not seeing a group of people who have formed a new type of club that has a different set of guidelines and a different way of working. And we're not seeing a group of people who has, has agreed to just a, a kind of a top-down organizational structure 
uh, and way of life. What we've seen in Acts 42 through 47 is the culmination of everything else in the chapter But in a lot of ways, it's the logical extension and the culmination of Jesus' ministry. Because what we're seeing now in Acts 42 through 47 is God's people animated and brought to life by the Spirit of God. And these aren't people who are puppets. That, That analogy falls flat here. Because God is not using his followers as puppets. The Holy Spirit has filled the believers. First the disciples and the people who were gathered in the upper room. And then Peter went out and preached powerfully about the promises that had come to pass that were, were, had been fulfilled. And then 3,000 people who were touched, who were cut to the heart by Peter's words, were baptized and received the Holy Spirit themselves. And now we're looking at what they did and what a community animated by the Spirit of God looks like. They're still themselves. These are largely Jewish converts to a faith not yet known as Christianity. This is Acts chapter 2. They wouldn't be called Christians until Acts chapter 11. Quite a ways away. And so as we look at this church, we see Jewish believers who would still go to the temple. A lot of the action in both in this passage and in the early chapters of Acts happens at the temple. They still maintain who they are. They still maintain what they knew of the world and how they knew to live. But what's changed is the Spirit of God through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has taken hold of them. And now they see their background, their past, their roots, the family of God that they they had belonged to so fervently before this. Now they see that this family is is animated and brought together by something different. It's not brought together just by a promise. It's brought together by a promise kept and a promise fulfilled through the Holy Spirit. So what does this family do? What does this church do now that it's animated by God? Well, there are four things that this this passage tells us that are the big priority moments for this new church, for this new group of followers of Jesus. The first is a devotion to the apostles' teaching. The apostles knew Jesus. These are still 11 out of the 12 disciples that Jesus had called to follow him. These are people who knew Jesus, they walked with Jesus, they spent three years with Jesus every moment of their lives. They would go around with Jesus, they would eat with Jesus, they would listen to Jesus, they would take in his stories. 
And as Jesus was a traveling preacher, we can only assume that sometimes he would repeat the the important points and he would repeat the big points over and over again. At the beginning of Mark, it says that Jesus came preaching, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. That was something that he said over and over and over again. The apostles had been steeped in Jesus' teaching. They had been soaked in it. They had saturated in it. They had lived it. They were there when Jesus was taken away by the guards. Some of them were there for the mock trial of Jesus where he was falsely accused. Some of them were at the foot of the cross. They all saw Jesus after he had been raised from the dead. They all watched Jesus disappear from their eyes as he ascended into heaven. And they were all there as they were filled with the Holy Spirit. These are people who had lived the story from the very beginning, and they knew it backwards and forwards. They had seen what had happened, and it was their task to carry on the teachings of Jesus. An apostle or a disciple is somebody who has been immersed and saturated in the teachings of Jesus and then transmits it on to somebody else so that they can be immersed and saturated and live the ways of Jesus. And that word live is key because it's not just for us to have more brain knowledge. People take different types of courses all the time. You can study, thanks to the internet now, you can study for absolutely anything you want to be interested in. If you want to know how to fix your toilet, you can watch a YouTube video. If you want to be more knowledgeable on how to make a website, there is a website where you, can, uh, where you can take a course on how to build a website, and you can start your own website about how to fix toilets. You know, it, it doesn't always have to be about toilets, but that's just the example that pops into my head. What are you going to do? So a disciple is someone who creates more disciples. And the apostles would teach so that these people could live out the ways of Jesus. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And this transcended just having meals together because these are the roots of the Lord's Supper. Would they eat meals together? Absolutely. They would share the table together. And while I don't have the time right now to get into the depths of what it meant to share a table together in that culture, the short version of it is that it meant that you saw yourselves as equals, that you saw yourselves as one. And these people were one through the Spirit. And they were one people who were united at this table not just set of the sort of food that would nourish their bodies for day-to-day life, but they were sitting at tables that would nourish their spirits to live out the life of Jesus 
by partaking of the Lord's Supper. They committed themselves to fellowship. The Greek word here is koinonia. And when we think of fellowship, a lot of times we think of um, the, the fellowship hour uh, that we, when we were meeting together face-to-face, um, BC, before COVID, um, we would have this fellowship hour after church where people would bring pastries and vegetables and, uh, and other things that we could eat, and we would have coffee, and we would sit, and we would talk, and, and kind of share life together. And that's absolutely what part of fellowship is. But this type of fellowship, this word koinonia, could better be summed up by saying they, they knew they were all in this together. They knew that they were all on the same page, that they, they were, were bound up and caught up in this life of Jesus that's going off in the same direction. Maybe you are employed as, <clears throat> as a nurse or a teacher or uh, something where, where you have a professional group, um, where there's a group of, of people who do the same thing that you do, and you talk about you know, being a teacher or, and the, the joys and struggles of being a teacher, or maybe you belong to a group of nurses who talk about the joys and struggles of being a nurse. And you know that you're all working on the same thing and that you can share notes with each other. And that's a glimpse at koinonia. But koinonia for the church is the fellowship of people who aren't just all trying to live out this personal life of Jesus together. It's that together, as one, you're living out the life of Jesus. And that's different. And the other thing they devoted themselves to were the prayers. Sometimes for, for us, prayer is an individual thing. I hope that everybody on a daily basis or at least a regular basis has a prayer time, has a time where you go before the Lord and you say the Lord's prayer and you submit yourself to God and don't just present God with a a grocery list of things that you would like to see happen in your life, but you submit to asking God, what is it that you want for my life? And I hope that's an individual thing, but they also did the same thing as a people, as a group, as a church. They would get together and they would pray together and they would go to the temple and have regular prayer times. And they would do that together, but they did it as people who were filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And this is what it looked like for them to be a people who were filled and who were animated by the Spirit. They hadn't lost the thing that made them unique or interesting or different or and they weren't uniformly the same. You know, this is not the, the crowd that would buy the same uh, sweatsuit and the same sneakers 
and you know, do the whole like uniform kind of cultish type of thing. These were people who lived everyday lives, just like we do. But their lives were ordered and centered around the outward-facing life of the kingdom. They had the inner-facing life of the Spirit, and they were living what God's kingdom will look like. And it caused them to reimagine a lot of things. It was reimagined leadership. Now when we think of leaders, we think of one person who is standing boldly at the head of an organization who is recognized for their, their abilities to lead, their charisma, their capabilities, their knowledge, um, etc. And we kind of put all of the responsibility on their shoulders. But here, we see people who are committed to kind of a, a group leadership dynamic. Because this is leadership through the Spirit that fills them all. And it has called some to leadership, but has called none to see themselves greater than the others. And this is leadership reimagined. They've reimagined economics. That no longer is it that, you know, oh, okay, well, I have the most stuff, I have the most money, so I have the most value as a human being, and you don't have the capability to amass as much stuff as I do, so you get to be lower on the social ladder. Rich and poor and capable and less capable, they all sat around the same table together. And when people had need, those who had the ability to take care of that need would do it. If they had extra land, they would sell off their land so that they, they could meet the needs of people who were struggling to eat. If somebody needed a cloak, they would literally give it to them right off their back. Instead of making sure that kind of a model of the haves and the have-nots persisted, these people who were animated by the Spirit of God made sure that everybody had what they needed and that nobody lacked anything. If you had something, that was okay. You could have things. But if somebody else had need of that thing, or if that thing needed to be sold so that somebody else could eat, so that somebody else could live, that's what you did. Is it was a reimagining of economics. And it was a, a reimagining of time. Sometimes we can fall into the trap as followers of Jesus of imagining a separation between our holy time, our church time, our faith time, and then like everything else that happens in our lives. That there's a time for our faith and a time for everything else. 
But what the church here in Acts chapter 2 imagined was that all of their time belonged to Jesus. All of their time was committed to the kingdom, and their whole life needed to reflect this commitment to the kingdom. It's difficult for us to look at all of this right now because we are still the church who are animated by the Spirit of God. The same things that were true of this church in Acts chapter 2 ought to be true of our churches now. That we should be paying attention to, to apostolic teaching. We should be pay, paying attention to breaking bread together. We should be paying attention to fellowship to our shared lives with each other, going off in the same direction with Jesus, we should be attentive to prayer together. And we should be animated by the Holy Spirit. But it's difficult right this minute because we're currently living through something that makes it difficult for us to be physically together. Today, June 28th, was supposed to be our church picnic. We were going to leave church. We were going to go up to Hillendale Park, uh, up the hill in, in Oregon City. And we were going to eat. We were going to laugh. We were going to spend time with each other. People were going to be invited to bring their kids and, and grandkids. And that's out the window. There's so much that we sense that we have lost right now because COVID-19 is preventing us from being together in person. Because we care about each other. We are responsible for each other. And we love each other because we're animated by the Holy Spirit. Because we live out this, this Christ-centered life through the power of the Holy Spirit as God's church, we take care of each other. And I think that is why we so keenly sense this loss of our communal lives together as followers of Jesus as we've had to find ways to worship separately, that we've had to find ways to keep in touch with each other in different ways. And it's been a learning process for me as a pastor, and I've been grateful that there have been people uh, who have walked alongside me, that I have not had to be out here on my own, but there has been a group of people who have helped me love and care for our church in this time. It's important, though, to realize that not all is lost. That even though we don't know what the future of this, this virus is, is going to be, 
you know, as it looks like it's, it's back on the rise in Clackamas County and in Oregon and across the country for that matter. We don't know what the future holds, but I know a couple of things are true. Is that we can still be the church of Jesus Christ. Because this church that was started with the movement of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost is the church that we belong to today as First Baptist Church. This Jesus Christ that dies, died, rose, and ascended is the same Jesus that we worship and follow today. And that Christians have been dealing with the situations of life that they have been put in and finding ways to stay connected to each other from the very beginning. And so we remain the church. We remain filled with the Holy Spirit. We pay attention to each other. We care for each other and we take care of each other. We refuse to give in to the idea that all is lost because we know that Christ is the redeemer of all things. We refuse to give in to the idea that because we are physically separated, that we are spiritually separated because the Holy Spirit fills each and every one of us. That love may look differently lived out right now, but that's the missionary task of the church, is to live out the life filled by the Holy Spirit together, whether it's what we're used to or not whether it's weird or normal, whether there's a thousand of us, whether there's 3,000 of us, or whether there's 30 of us. We are still called to be the church of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, living out the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that we are all part of God's family through Jesus. We are called to live that out before the world. And I pray that no matter what happens, we would stay committed to that through the Holy Spirit.
to do. Tell us, Lord, what you want us to say. Help us to be who you want us to be. Lord, we trust in prayer now. And every week on Evening Bible Reading and Prayer, which is a video series that we do on Facebook and Instagram, um, we, we use one prayer per week. And it is a, a written out prayer. And growing up, there was a, in the, the, the church that I grew up in, and, and I think generally in, in Baptist life, there can be a, maybe a stigma sometimes against written out prayers. Um, you know, sometimes people say they feel too rote or that they feel cardboard and, and inauthentic. And I understand those concerns, but here's what I'll say is the Holy Spirit can breathe life into our words whether we're coming up with them off the top of the, our head or if we're reading them off of a page. And sometimes if we read through it a few days in a row, it starts to become alive in us. The first time you say the Lord's Prayer, it may seem mechanical, but this is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray and we ought to be praying it daily. And the more you pray the Lord's Prayer, the more each line becomes real in you. And so when we use these prayers, we are breathing the Holy Spirit into them because they were written through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have Facebook. You don't have to have a Facebook account to participate in evening Bible reading and prayer. If you go to our church Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash onebaptistchurch, uh, if you go to our church Facebook page, um, you can look at them. You don't, you don't have to have a Facebook sign-in or log-in or give them your date of birth or blood type or anything like that. Um, you can just watch these, and they're, they're free, and it's, it's daily scripture reading and prayer, such as this one. Let's pray together. 
O God, our heavenly Father, you have blessed us and given us dominion over all the earth. Increase our reverence before the mystery of life and give us new insight into your purposes for the human race and new wisdom and determination in making provision for its future in accordance with your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We thank you for joining us today for worship. We thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth, for the music. We'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for leading us in prayer. We'd like to thank Katie Witham for reading scripture today. And we'd like to thank our audio engineers, Gary and Doreen Hunley, for making everything sound good. We pray that as you have worshiped with us today, uh, that you have felt the Holy Spirit moving and stirring inside of you. Uh, and if you have any questions, needs, concerns, or anything you need to pray over, uh, please feel free to contact the church uh, and we will get in touch with you. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands. <laughs>